Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome back to our watch club for Marvel's Moon Knight. Sometimes we need the cold light of death before we can see reality. Welcome back to Watch Club. My name is Nate, and this is our Watch Club for Marvel's Moon Knight, Episode 6, the finale, titled Gods and Monsters. If you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and the MCU in general, so if you haven't watched this week's episode yet, well, listen, go do that, and then come right back in a snap. Now, before we get into an epic CGI battle with a crocodile goddess, let me introduce you to the other personalities joining me today. First up, he's a Marvel nut who's taller than King Tut. He's the Egyptian jackal, Justin Lawrence. That's our final episode, my fellow oh, Moonies. Final fellow episode. Moonies. <laughs> yeah, our Moonies. Yeah. Oh my last gosh. time I'll get to say that. Well, maybe not the last time, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, now, listen, Kevin the Crocodile Hudson isn't able to join us. He's stuck in his car- sarcophagus uh, for now for this final watch club. But don't worry. We've summoned two excellent alternates to discuss this finale. Joining us yet again for his third time. He floats like a butterfly but stings like a bee. His name's Mike with an E. He's Mike Smith from the Dumpster Talk Podcast. How's it going, Mike? Hey, everybody. I'm, uh, hey. I'm happy to be back pretty awesome it was a great text to get today thank you i was like yeah, yeah we were we were scrambling trying to figure out what we would do and uh you just did so well the last two episodes uh that we had to have you on i love that your shirt says mike is it say mike on or mikey oh it's oh it's because oh, yeah, yeah, it's mikey yeah yeah, yeah dude michelangelo you can't there see you that go. shit come on okay 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 <laughs> it's uh, a party dude <laughs> and joining us um you know i think much like a, a certain personality that we've all been waiting to see in this series, I'm delighted to welcome in, yet again, our resident Marvel expert. He's the dynamic, dazzling, dastardly, yet dignified dominator of the duot. He's Darcy, the dankest deity, Hudson. Yeah, that's me. Would you be, you'd be <laughs> the, the, the deity of dank in, in the Egyptian world? Yeah, yeah sure. I like that. <laughs> Your your goal as a god is to just get everyone super high. Travelers Stuff of dank. Good time. Take it easy. Yeah, <laughs> that should be all gods' jobs. They're right. To get people high. Yeah. <laughs> Darcy, um, now you know. Obviously, you've been on the podcast many a times. Um, but you know, on this podcast, on this watch club in particular, I've asked so far every host to let us know. You know, if you were to join our version of the Ennead, uh, what god would you be according to the great god of BuzzFeed? Uh, so, Darcy, <laughs> let me hear it. I sent you that BuzzFeed quiz. What god would you be? I got Osiris, baby. Yeah, join the Osiris yeah. Club. That's We're all yeah. about that. I think, Mike, you got Osiris as well, right? Yeah, there's like four. I think that's four altogether. Yeah. I know. I think I think Kevin and I were uh, Mutt, and then I think, Nate, oh. you were Osiris, right? Yeah, buddy. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah He's the it. coolest so one anyway. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's also it just... BuzzFeed. How much, how much can we trust BuzzFeed? Really? <laughs> It's, it's true. A they great might point, but they might have some alternative uh, sort of uh, ideas over there at the at the old BuzzFeed. Maybe they're the Ennead. You never know. 
Um, they kind of act like one. I hope not. Yeah. And the only, there's only two gods so far. We've done what, five, five people. That's true. <laughs> if you, if, listen, we'll put the BuzzFeed quiz in the description of the podcast. Um, if you want to take the quiz yourself and find out what god you are, we'd love for you to write in and let us know if you got anyone other than Mutt or Osiris. Uh, well, listen, folks, we've done it. We escaped death yet again, and we are finally at the end so, guys, let's just get into this episode. We have so much to go over in this finale. Even though, you know, it didn't feel like there was a lot to the finale, we have a lot to go over. So, uh, picking up mere moments following the events of episode four in Alexander the Great's burial chamber, Arthur Harrow and his disciples surround Mark's uh, lifeless body retrieving Amit's Ushabti from his pockets. Paying final respect, Harrow places the golden scarab on his bullet-ridden chest and apologizes, saying, I'm sorry it had to be this way. Mark Spector, Stephen Grant, whoever else might be in there, which is like our first moment of foreshadowing. Uh, (laughs) Approaching his disciples with Amit's Ushabti in hand, Harrow readies his congregation to heal the world, as he says, uh, as he lifts his double-headed crocodile cane with purple energy emanating from it. Examining Mark's body, Layla stifles her cries for her husband and embraces him one last time. Pocketing the golden scarab and exiting the cave, Layla hides amongst, amongst the group of Harrow's disciples. At a heavily guarded police checkpoint, the vehicles of Harrow and his group are stopped, and the Egyptian police department question Harrow's presence on the remote road. Stepping out of the tr- first truck and refusing to show their papers, Harrow demands instead for the police to show them th- their souls. Striking his scepter onto the ground, purple energy emits from the chests of all the guards, all but one had their soul ripped out of their bodies. Harrow proclaims the officer is a good man and welcomes him among his group of disciples. Now, guys, at this point... Um, you know, I think Layla's intentions here were to exact revenge on Harrow. She saw her, she's got a dagger. I got to ask you, mm-hmm. why do you think her soul didn't get sucked up? Because isn't that, isn't that the whole idea is that if she was going to be committing some sort of act or some sort of, you know, she's at some point, why wasn't her soul sucked up? What do you guys think? Yeah, I that was a bit of a fuzzy part for me because I think he was targeting those officers those, those okay the, with with that with he wasn't the cane, targeting so he, w- he wouldn't people. have okay i see he wouldn't have known that that layla was was with them i i saw it as that you know um harrow was he has control of this power now mm-hmm. and he can target target people i think and that's kind of what he did here he targeted all of these uh enemies if you will of of Emmett, and you know had had them judged but i i I do think that that's a a good call out though because like this this episode kind of feels a little messy and and we'll 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 elaborate on that as we go um but it does feel very rushed i think that that's a consensus that a lot of people will have said in early thoughts about the finale is that it does feel rushed and Mm -hmm. rightfully so i think this is the shortest episode yeah second second shortest maybe uh, one of them yeah from the first, I think the first was like forty three minutes or something like that. So, and Disney Plus, sh- Disney Plus has a uh, this is this is like for the Marvel series. This is a yeah a common thing that was just like it's almost to be expected at this point is that the finales are going to be rushed. There's going to be so, a lot of CGI that sort of yeah, thing. And that's exactly kind of what we got. We'll, we'll obviously we'll get into that as we kind yeah. of get into our overall thoughts of the episode. But I did feel like for me at least seeing this moment because I didn't Justin I didn't I don't I didn't think that he has the ability that when he like slams the the 
the thing down that he can target people specifically. I thought it would just sort of be like a perimeter thing. So for me, I was like, oh, Amit's a complete sham. Like Amit doesn't care about who's actually getting sucked up. She just wants a bunch of souls to get sucked up. So I, I felt like maybe it didn't work properly or that like she just wasn't actually uh, doing what she set out to do, at least what I from what I got from this. I, I, to me, it looked like his little shockwave focused more on going forwards than backwards. Mm-hmm. Mm. She was in the last truck coming up that line in like the four caravan. So it looked like again, he was facing the cops and that was where the shockwave headed towards, not behind him where his followers were. Anyways, his followers have already been judged. So Right. He was again, holding, he was holding up directing. on the D-pad, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think Darcy called it. I think when he smashes that thing, because there are security guards at the truck's behind him when he smashes it again it, it kind of highlights the idea that i think he targeted them because yeah, his people you. have have been judged what he's doing right now is targeting those that that are threatening them it seems like he's imbued with this power now right he's in, he's he, yeah. he, he he was given this gift to go to the next step of you know where Nate or his cane that gives him that power because like if exactly. you look at i know we're going to get down further but like when you look at when there's more people targeting more people they're like literally having to hold hands with them yeah. So mm-hmm. like he's got just a, a smaller extension of that power. He's either, the true whether, avatar. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's yes. the true avatar there. So I think he still has to know who he's targeting with this. I that's mm-hmm. I'm with I'm with Justin there on that. I think that he had to know who he was judging. Okay. Uh well listen, as the disciples hurry to move the fallen bodies out of the way on the road, Layla quietly stalks behind, preparing uh, to enact revenge on Harrow with a dagger. However, the voice of Tawarit speaks through a dead body and stops her and tells her she needs to free Mark by bringing back Khonshu, uh, and also excitedly suggests that Layla should become her avatar, which I was like, come on, let's go! Uh, at the chamber of the gods, the avatars of each of the gods in the Ennead arrive in a panic, sensing a great disturbance. Yatzel, the avatar of Hathor, asserts that someone is trying to release Amit under the world, and Selim, or Selim, uh, the avatar of Osiris, realizes it's Harrow. Harrow busts in with his crew and uses Amit's power to take out all the Ennead's avatars, uh, and then smashes the Ushabti and frees Amit as Layla slips away. In her daunting and glorious presence, Amit asks to whom she owes her gratitude. While kneeling in front of her, Harrow explains that Amit uh, owes him nothing for her freedom, while secretly hoping that, you know, hey, listen, I kind of did all this stuff for you, so maybe you'll, maybe you'll forgive my, my past with Khonshu, <laughs> uh, and, balance, uh, and, and hopefully she'll balance his scales. Uh, she lets him know he's going to be her avatar and places her hand on his head as his eyes glow purple. So, guys, let's talk about the big old crocodile in the room. What did you guys think of this fully realized Amit, Mike? Um, yeah, I mean, like, seeing that was was pretty incredible. Love the voice. The whole idea, the, there was something that really bugged me about this, and it bugged me the first time I saw it, and then I watched the second time with my wife, Kate, and she immediately asked the same question, and it was if Khonshu can bring back Moon Knight, why are all of these avatars dead and why can't their, their gods bring them back? I, and that's what I didn't understand because that it kind of immediately leads to like, you know, oh, we don't have enough gods and that's kind of the thing. They can't like fight and they're all just dead at the hands of an avatar. Um, I, it just seemed a little bit messy in terms of like, I don't know. I guess it was a, a great writing tool for later on in the episode, but 
to go with again the Egyptian mythology that this show is so heavily based on, uh, the, the moon was involved in the uh, like this whole thing of cycle of rebirth and and re, re- resurrection. Okay, as it's part of like the the sun may go down and the moon may rise, but the next morning it'll still be there type thing. It'll keep coming back and it's all part part of this cycle of resurrection and rebirth. So that kind of goes forward into his avatar that he can, if so willing, he can keep using it. So it's conscious specifically that can pull Conchu specifically. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm I, sure Osiris could probably do something similar again, being the resurrection, the guy, God of resurrection. Yeah. <laughs> but he is also the God of judgment. So he wouldn't want to bend the rules just for his own avatar. Yeah. He probably so seems there. a bit too proud, right? Like Osiris exactly. is, Especially even Toer, it was saying like, "Oh no, Osiris is gonna be so pissed off." But like, yeah. you know, so yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I think um, seeing Amit in this full CGI felt earned. You know, we've we haven't really oh, yeah. gotten much yeah. of a visual spectacle of of other gods other than Khonshu throughout this the series. So it was it, it was good. It, obviously, it's a giant CGI crocodile, so it's gonna look like CGI. So I don't know, like. To me, it's I'm so desensitized. I'm not going to criticize it for that. But I will say this, Nate. You called out the fact that uh, in the last sequence that kind of might show that um, it's a sham because she she only killed specific people. I think here in the way she's judging Harrow, it really shows that she's a sham. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. it really does show because she's willing yeah. to take him even though Bend her he's own not rules. balanced. Yeah. yeah. She, exactly. Yeah, well, Again, she mentions she was backstabbed by the one that was perfectly balanced. So why should she trust her own scales anymore? She's going to go with the bad guy who's imbalanced. And it's like exactly right there. She's already changed her morals. So yeah. why would why would I, Arthur, who's been fighting for that standard, agree to help her? That's my. Yeah. That was my and he was ready to be issue. judged. He was ready yeah, to be judged he was ready and be held. He was be- being held. He was ready to die essentially at the oh, hands yeah. of Emmett once because he knew he did his job. But once she, you know, thrust it upon, well, you will become my avatar. You know, he he kind of was put in the same place as Mark Spector, death mm-hmm. or, or service, servitude. Yeah, yeah. right. I uh, I wish they um they had more time and maybe even more episodes to expand on because that one scene of Amit basically going back and bending her rules to suit her own needs. Like it's such a great finger pointing at like today's modern politics. And, and like, there's such a, there's so much more that they can like very easily expand and like relate to and get people on board with. And it literally was done in like a, what was that? A two minute scene. Not even Thor love and thunder might, might have a little bit. Yeah. More. I'm going to say, hoping, I'm yeah. hoping that that's kind of where that goes. But like for somebody to just literally throw all of their morals on the floor sure. just and become the villain like that. It just, it seemed like such a big moment that was, that was thrown away, but right. I right. agree with that. But I do, I do want to say as far as like a win is concerned with the Amit character, like I agree, Justin from a CGI standpoint looked a little cartoony, but she's an anthropomorphic crocodile. So she's kind of, yeah. she has to emote a little bit. It's like when we were watching, you know, Lion King and we were like, Oh, why do their faces look so goofy? Like the live action version. But then it's like, cause they have to, smile and emote and I laugh never, but i never notice any of that i never, know like, it yeah, does it just completely goes over my head like until you guys say it i'm like i don't know it looked it looked like a god would look <laughs> to me like yeah, i guess i was like it looked amazing i i, I had nothing. i mean i remember pa- watching power rangers fights where it was rubber costumes and i i gotta say the cgi looks a hell of a lot better than that stuff so <laughs> for sure <laughs> bouncy foam want wop yeah but but yeah. one thing that I, I loved about the Amit character, though, uh, apart from her braids, um, was the fact that as an antagonist for Mark, she's perfect because, you know, in this in the fact that like Amit was prejudging people regardless of what they might become, just like how Mark's mom 
judged Mark on the one mistake that he made. And and like mm-hmm. Amit, right? She would never see good in him, just like Amit would never see good in these people beyond maybe that one thing that they might do uh, in the future. I just thought the parallels, the way that it was written, was really really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, I also I think that's really that's such a great call out because I think then I don't think it's necessarily the villain for Mark because I, I don't think this was the villain for Mark. This was the villain for Conchu, obviously. Right. The mm-hmm. two are the two the two have their own way of getting the same results which will be called out later in the episode but one they both have their different tactics of how they they go about achieving that yeah but i think it's great to go back to mark's origin story and see that you know there's seeds that have been planted there that can that they kind of show in those dream sequences that i think slightly imply that conchu always had his eye on mark from the time of of that 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 first instance of grief and maybe even helping to kind of bring that that into his life or at least that a, par- potentially a part of Mark. A part of Mark, exactly. And I think maybe his mom represents the Amit in his in his life mm-hmm. that is judging him, as you said, based on that circumstance. So seeing mm-hmm. these these earthly bound situations being almost emulated again in these godlike personas. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's an interesting parallel that that more so has that 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 tie in, I think, rather than being like a s- source of direct conflict. Because I feel like like Harrow, uh, he just was imbued with power of of Emmett, right? He was still Arthur Harrow more than anything else, right? Mm. Interesting. Um, okay, well, we're, we're going to keep on going here with the recesses, uh, sorry, within the recesses of the Chamber of the Gods. Layla discovers the gallery where the Ashabtis of several gods lie, and Layla finds the one containing Khonshu and smashes it, releasing him. Uh, he immediately senses that Mark is dead and, with what seems like no remorse, offers the position of Moon Knight to Layla, uh, to which she immediately turns down. After a back and forth <laughs> over who truly ruined Mark's life, Conchu informs Layla uh, that to defeat Amit, they have to rebind her. Amit and her loyal followers are about to go do some soul-sucking throughout Cairo, but they're stopped by Conchu, and the two gods have their first short battle. So, guys, clearly this shows that Mark... I mean, I, I feel like Mark didn't mean much to Conchu if he was so willing just to jump into the next body. Um, do you guys think there was some uh, some reason that he might have been so ready to uh, to just take on Layla as an there. avatar? Or was it just desperate? I think it's I mean, desperate. He, yeah. He also knew that Mark was dead, and without his powers, Mark ain't coming right. back. So That's true. That's true. Dead is dead type thing. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I think that is true. He's probably done this a thousand times more times right like this isn't this isn't his first avatar it's not like he hasn't had a lot of them he's he's learned how to get over that separation i'm sure and i think he took precedence to say hey there's something here in this building that i need and i need an avatar are you going to be it when she said no he was he was like okay well i need to go figure that out then i did enjoy his like tactic to try and emulate her father calling her little bug you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like my little he's trying scarab, to get into her my, mind. Yeah, yeah he right. Trying to and get he's, into her mind. he's like, yeah. hey, I'm, I'm just like your dad. But um, I just think the fact that he was so willing to move into Layla's body, I just for something like that kind of also made me feel like, yes, it was a desperate thing. But I kind of feel like he he knows how capable she is or how capable she could be. Uh, oh, and I course. love how she's just like she's too cool. And she straight up just denies his bony ass and just like, no, I don't want anything to do with this. <laughs> right. I think it goes to show, like later on too, just like the the power that a god has with or without an avatar on this plane. Because in this first fight scene, we kind of see Kanshu 
just get tossed around like no threat at all to uh, uh, Ahmed in this in this one fight. So again, yeah. that's because she has a full on avatar right beside her, whereas he has nothing really tying him to this this plane. Yeah, mm. that's true. That and, and you're right. Awesome. You yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was a nice little quick look at at you know some gods fighting again. Felt earned over the the course of this this series to get to get this, and I think also too like. You know, that's a good call out that later we, we will find out that Mark magically comes back, but he does inevitably go to him because he realizes he is alive. Right. So it does feel like in this moment, his his lean on on Layla was was probably out of desperation, but really kind of a wink and a nod to the to the, the people that are watching this the, the series and have been because it was already implied that he had interest and I use True. air quotes around that. He had yeah. interest in her. So for him to suddenly just ask, we now understand that the only reason he was asking was because of desperation, right? Like at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Going a bit further with the whole Egyptian mythology lore is like the, the gods became personified through the thoughts of humans. And if Mark was convinced that Kanchu was going to go after Layla, it was almost like Kanchu had no choice but to ask Layla to be his avatar because... Mark believed so wholeheartedly that he was going to do that. So again, it's mm. kind of, I, I like that whole idea of like the humans personifying these gods and giving them these these aspects and characteristics that they and then return to the humans it. and influence the humans to think that they are this way. Like it's a, a whole cycle yeah. of re, like refeeding itself type thing. I loved it. It's kind of cool because it, that also plays into the idea of like the the afterlife is ultimately whatever the humans in the MCU believe the afterlife is and and that's what they move into and we even see it and we're about to talk about it in this next sequence of like how Mark you know perceives the afterlife or 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 um, wants the afterlife what he wants the afterlife to be um, in in the sense that it's just super quiet and, and there's no noise in his head and and he can escape that and be on his own but um but I just yeah I love how they they've kind of or, or even the 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 aspect of um with with Harrow in the in the sequence where he talks about the pen and he's like he's talking about how it's just you know it's it can be it can be a pen or it could be a dog's chew toy it just depends on the perception of the person who's interacting mm. with or the thing that's interacting with so it's just super cool again i think there's so many smart themes that are brought through this series in its writing um but again just the way the episode was was structured uh kind of unfortunately took away from some of that but let's let's get to that that sequence that i'm talking about um at the field of reeds mark specter takes in the peace and beauty as to where it assures him that his scales are balanced his heart is finally full his journey is over here he is free from all pain all loneliness and hurt but mark can only think about steven Unfortunately, he's gone as the duat now has him. Mark demands they go back for Stephen. However, if he leaves the field of reeds, he will never be able to return. To where it tells him that he doesn't even need Stephen anymore, which further upsets Mark, so he turns back to the uh, to search for Stephen as the field of reeds disappears. He finds Stephen outside the gates of Osiris, still frozen, and apologizes to him for failing to protect him. He places his heart in Stephen's hand, and they become frozen in sand. Uh, but then the gates open and the light sets them free. And after uh, a big hug, they, they barely escape the sand tsunami with a little help from to where it's shredding a gnarly wave. Uh, what did you guys <laughs> think of this beautiful reunion between Mark beautiful. and Stephen Grant? So tender. It was a very tender. It was really then. nice. Yeah, it was. It was pretty cool. It was the closure mm-hmm. uh, that we needed for this this part of the character journey. 
this is their unity. This is how they're binding themselves together, uh, accepting each other for for their their past, the things that they had kept from each other that we we learned in the in last week's episode. They they've committed to each other uh, rather than fighting one another. And I think that that's like in this moment, and as we see the rest of the episode evolve, that this is the beginning of that. I think that's the most emotional we've seen Mark realistically. Like he. Mm-hmm. He really was letting go of some some heavy deep shit. trauma, yeah. some heavy shit that yeah. he had going yeah. on there. And that really was like a I'm not alone moment and like solidified everything that what you're saying from that last episode. Just solidified it, cemented the two of them as working together. Yeah, and we're going to do this to get, you know, and we they need each other. They're working together. And yeah, beautiful exactly. moment. And talking about Amit as a parallel to Mark's past with his mom this is a parallel to the loss of his brother, right? He failed to protect mm. Randall. He fails to protect Steven again. And then we get this triumphant moment where, no, 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 he, he didn't fail. Yeah. He saves yeah. his brother, right? Steven yeah. being his oh. brother in this moment. And it's just such a, it's so lovely. And the fact that he turns away from a, from a, from from heaven, essentially, and escapes death just to save his, his brother, the one thing that he couldn't do, the one thing that defined him. Again, just such excellent writing in this um you know messy episode but it's just so these this these are the moments these are the high points in the episode that i'm so happy we got in this finale and i just i love this sequence and i I don't care how sort of cheesy it was that he puts his his heart in his hand or whatever like i'm like oh let's go buddy let's they're sharing a heart they're sharing one heart one heart yeah exactly yeah Yeah. You know, like I I never put together that it was like, oh, this is his chance of redemption. Yeah, man. That that's a really great call out. But yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's that's such a great moment. I just liked I liked it more too because it's introducing a lot of people to what DID can be at its core, like a a trauma coping mechanism and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like with last episode, having half of him get erased and then he's okay to go was kind of like almost what. So like the clinical way of being like you're insane this is how we treat you exactly but him turning back on that being like no this is my my illness but i can live with it it's part of me was yeah. a really cool way of taking it like denying that clinical aspect to like sever sever that, that part of you even though that part of you is yeah like, integral to who you yeah, are so rather than cut the limb cool. off let's cure it you know like it was exactly like a, i really yeah, i exactly. thought that was a really cool way of again turning back on that last episode because you thought it was going one way and he's like nope i I can live with this. And again, I love that part of it. Mm-hmm. And in a way, yeah. if both of them are in the the duet in that moment, then maybe they're two souls. You know what I mean? Like maybe Ooh. he's literally, instead of it just being another um, personality, right? Or, or another identity. Oh. It's maybe it's in, in this universe. He's literally created another living soul. I, I, I totally agree with you on that sentiment. Mm. And I think that that's, that was more so amplified in the last week's episode and just how they're discovering each other's past through their memories, understanding each other through that. And then here having this, this lovely closure, I think that it really does define that, you know, that they are their own separate entities that need to accept one another. It's, I I think to Darcy's point, it, it it just takes the concept of DID in a different, in a different direction, right? It, 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 you know, rather than just being super clinical with it, it, it it embraces that Mm -hmm. the idea of they're both halves to the same whole, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, if that makes sense. And acceptance. Exactly. Acceptance. Yes, absolutely. It's beautiful. Uh, Mark and Steven. So lovely. (laughs) 
<laughs> Mark and Steven <laughs> awaken back in Alexander the Great's burial chamber and uh, pop two bullets out of their chest as their healing factor returns along with the Moon Knight suit. They meet up with Khonshu again and he asks them to help him defeat Amit. Uh, now switching seamlessly between their identities, Steven as Mr. Knight appears asking to redefine their working arrangement. I love this little <laughs> bout of confidence that Steven has in this moment. Khonshu uh, be- be- is shocked by the amount of confidence that Steven has and begrudgingly agrees to release both of them saying they have his word. Um, specifically mm-hmm. both of them and maybe we'll talk about that later uh yeah. back in the main chamber Layla finds Salim dragging himself to safety and with his final breaths he informs her that they need to imprison Amit into a mortal form so she'll be vulnerable without other options Layla gives in to Tawarit's requests and allows her to take control of her body uh, delighted that Layla has had a change of heart she is beyond thrilled to take Layla on as her temporary avatar revealing that Layla's father will be over the moon nice choice of words uh, once he he hears about this <laughs> surprising Layla that t- you know to where it uh, actually met him as she accompanied him into the field of reeds which is just again a really lovely sentiment that he did lovely pass on to the field of reeds it's just it's, yeah. it is it's really nice you're uh, gonna within- use lovely in your wrap-up for sure <laughs> This is a lovely episode. Uh, And then within the chambers, Layla emerges among the rubble. Now as the avatar of Tewerit, Layla stands before us as the scarlet motherfucking scarab in a ceremonial ceremonial armor complete with wings. Guys, let's talk about this reveal. We commented last week how much we wanted to see Tewerit carry on in the MCU, how delightful she was, and how much we loved Mae Calamoy. As uh, as Layla, and now seemingly they'll both continue, but in a way that I don't know if any of us fully expected. What did you think of our first look at the Scarlet Scarab? Before you joined in here, Justin and and Darcy were all talking about how like, oh wow, there's so much that we're going to talk about, and how we speculated kind of all over the place of what would happen. Nothing like this came out. And yeah. I think that this was like such a great surprise moment, because I feel like we did so much speculation that some things almost just the idea that they might exist kind of ruined the surprise. So this happening um, and just, I I mean, I think it was mentioned a little bit that she is that character, but that was about it. I just wasn't expecting to see it. When Twer says, I have such a great costume as like the rubble's coming down and then you see her come out and it's such a great costume. Even Kate, my wife was like, oh wow, that's a really nice costume. And I'd already seen it. So I'm like biting my tongue being like, oh, you haven't seen it yet. And then those (laughs) wings come out. She's like, like we like it's just such a great moment like it's such a like oh it's just so badass and looked wicked yeah this was the the fist fist pump in the air moment i think 100 yeah. percent call um because i i was yeah i was hinting i was talking about it i think not just last week but the week before just the theory that obviously that her father was that the scarlet scarab in in the comics you know, and that they're mm-hmm. they're obviously going a different route with this char- with this version of the character. So I, I I assumed this was going to happen. I didn't I didn't see it though potentially happening here. I thought we were building towards that. Uh, but but the reveal of this and and how they're introducing you know the Scarlet Scarab through Layla, I think is is extremely extremely exciting for for the future of her character and what that means uh, mm-hmm. going into hopefully a season two. I like how you guys are talking about, about the scarab, uh, like the scarab scarab, as if he's a big MCU character, and he's really just some very obscure early exactly. Captain America character. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't understand why you guys are so excited for the future. He was just some random one one off villain. 
not but, something that I'd write home about. But no, but I I think the interesting thing is is taking that character because like this whole show is about celebrating Egyptian mythology and Egyptian culture, and that was one of the first characters that that imbued that right. And I think that having that as a villain, as, as a, a villain, villain as a villain, yeah. you're too and, stereotypical and, villain. And that's why and that's why I was I'm 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 still curious to see if Layla would become. Moon Knight's right. villain. You were kind of, That's, you were that kind was of my theory. That maybe that might be the case. They nipped that right in the bud. They literally were like, like she's like, "Are you an Egyptian superhero?" The kid, and she's like, "Yes." Like I think they were straight up like, "We're going a different path." We like you may be thinking this might be going this way. Don't know. She's yeah, a she's a hero and she's badass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be completely separate from the MCU thing. At first, I thought it was just, oh, fun way of tying in this this Egyptian character from the comics by mm. introducing his daughter and, and stuff like that. That was a neat nod to the comics. This next step is really cool. I'm really excited for it. I just don't know if it was entirely necessary to be like, to have the name and have this basis on a character that, again, was a stereotypical Egyptian villain when he was first introduced. But see, they don't, so, they don't label her the Scarlet Scarab, though, right? They like, do. No, she but is, they, they have come out and said oh, they that do? They are, she is. Like, the the producer, someone on the show has said uh, that she is the MCU Marvel.com so also they, confirmed. Yeah. 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 But, yeah so it is but confirmed in-universe. In but. but I want to just say, like, I, I think the coolest aspect about it, sure, because, again, I looked up the origins of the Scarlet Scarab after you had kind of mentioned them last week, Justin, and I... I was like, oh, okay, it's a it's a villain. Okay, maybe that might be the case. Um, I just like the fact that you know what? Yeah, it's a minor character, but this is the whole point of these shows is to celebrate these minor characters. For the most part, I think Moon Knight is a pretty obscure MCU character. When this show was first announced, there weren't a ton of people that follow the you know the general MCU fans that would that would get excited over Moon Knight. And now people love Moon Knight, and now people love Layla, mm-hmm. and I'm excited to see more of her uh, in the MCU. I thought. You know, she was fantastic in this episode. And I also um, I also just wanted to shout out, like, I love the fact that this this show just puts the hints all over the place. And, and I, I'm, I yeah. when you rewatch these episodes and when you go back over it, like the most recent one, I think, for her with the with the scarab thing is like the Band-Aid inside the uh, well, she's inside the, asi- yeah, the, the asylum she has right the on thing, her pinky. Yeah. And it's a little scarlet yeah. scarab. Yeah, and you're just like, finger, yeah. Okay, that's either a nod to her father or it is going to be, you know, her becoming Scarlet Scarab. Yeah, I, I like that that it's there and that there's a, this is a change. Like Darcy's right, like it's it's just literally a name, it's a character name, and that's the only thing mm-hmm. they've pulled from the comics. But realistically, it could be like I don't know. Is Scarlet Scarab is that with to wear it? Is that is that is that who he's no. uh, an avatar no, for, a- or it's just a name? Like straight up it's just, just a name, name and you know nothing about Captain him. America villain. Yeah, he's a Captain okay. America villain who goes by the Scarlet Scarab. So it was around that time where it was yeah. just like slap, you know, this name on some foreign enemy and boom, you have a Captain America. Yeah, pick gotcha. a color, yeah. pick an animal, villain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what, yeah well, what's cra- well, there was Blue Beetle who was uh, was yeah. in uh, was DC. DC yeah. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, the the one thing that it could be like you really could have her dad have been a villain like you don't know his whole stories not the way True. I feel like we'd ever see it but realistically True. he could have been like he could have been a, a kind of like wishy-washy some sort of villain that's what got him into that messy place that he is and that's mm. what also put to wear it as a servant in the realm that she's in like she's stuck moving people from one place to another on this ship like she's not 
I'd, living I'd, the greatest Mike, I would life. Agree, I would agree with you other than the fact that he moved into the field of reeds. That's the only thing. Would he have moved into the field of reeds if he was a bad guy? Is that how that works? If he, I don't if know. He got, if he got redemption in the maybe, end. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe his scale's balanced. Yeah, maybe you, his, can ba- maybe you can always maybe balance his heart your balanced, scales. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of speculation of something that could not, like, might be or might not be. So Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what well, we do here, man. Come on. Jeez. Yeah. Speculate for, let we me, speculate let me the shit out of, out of yeah. that Band-Aid <laughs> like there's no tomorrow. Um, I will say... I will say though that um, one of the highlights, though, really f- that stood out for me was the transition before the co- we saw the costume. We get to see this sort of DID split personality act happening with Layla as she's going between having a conversation uh, with Twer, having yeah. a conversation with Twerk and and herself, and she's like yeah. going in and out. And I just love how the mannerisms, the body language, everything Very well changes. Done. Yeah, it was it was she she did a really great job. She's done a really great job throughout this entire mm-hmm. series. I think she was she's probably one of the highlights for me. And yeah, I think you know, here we got to really see her sort of flex this this muscle of where she's playing different versions of herself in one, right? Mm-hmm. She was dope. She was dope. Um outside of the chamber of the gods at the peak of the pyramid overlooking Cairo, Harrow and Amit start going off as Harrow's followers start judging people en masse and uh their souls start flying into Amit's gullet. Uh, and she grows bigger and bigger and bigger. And then out of nowhere, <laughs> Moon Knight charges towards Harrow and knocks him into the sky and thus begins an epic battle where we see Moon Knight, Mr. Knight, and the Scarlet Scarab take on Harrow and his crew with some last-minute assistance from a third alternate uh, as a kaiju-sized battle between gods erupts over the pyramids, uh, which, if you're keeping track, was something that, Justin, you jokingly predicted in our last episode. <laughs> that they were going to fight over a literal <laughs> pyramid. Um, mm. What did you guys think of this, I think, incredible battle sequence? I Again, I loved it. I made that Power Rangers comment earlier for a reason in that this was a much better big boss fight yeah. than those Power Rangers shows. Like I True, felt yeah. the weight of each of those punches and like the, the slugging around. I loved it. Everything about it, the, the changing and the fact that they would go from what, like the the avatars fighting to the gods, it was the perspective, really cool pacing and perspective yeah, really change for well that done. Yeah. Whole scene. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, the 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 way they weaved the two fights together was was absolutely fantastic. But I got to say, the highlight for me, other than seeing you know kaiju style gods fighting, was uh, seeing Mark and Steven flawlessly mm. weave back and forth from personalities through this fight sequence it was it really does again it kind of it's that one two uh to the the scene that we got before where they they unite they they embrace they they accept each other and then here we see just how flawless that's become in that they're 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 literally synced up and they're going from from personality to personality and just to see steven or, or mr knight kicking ass again that confidence boost, right? Like yeah, that, that whole experience on that boat changed that motherfucker. So he's like, he's kicking ass and, you know, taking names, I think. Just the mm-hmm. way they fought so fluidly swapping between the two of them. Like it reminded me of like the get hype team up moment in No Way Home. You know what I mean? Sure. Like it was so fluid. And like when Mr. <laughs> Knight throws the baton and it bounces back to Moon Knight, like it's, it's so cool the way they use the camera to go off and then come back and it's like yeah. a blink or you miss it moment where you're like, oh, whoa, they switched. I just, yeah. I thought it was so well done. And and I don't care, how, you know, you mentioned it already, Mike, the line, are you an Egyptian superhero? I think that's dope, as cheesy as it was, because it speaks to what Marvel has been doing for, for generations 
of people wanting to see themselves in this world. Yeah. And from a comic book standpoint, they started doing that, and it's only been carried through in the MCU mm. significantly. Um, and I just, I, I, I really dug it, man. I, she's totally keeping to wear it, and I'm so stoked about that. It's not temporary at all. I hope so, at least, because, you know, to see the action that Layla brought herself throughout this fight sequence was awesome. That felt well earned. You know, we've been getting glimpses of it throughout the series of just seeing her, you know, in small amounts, kick ass and stand her own. And here she's rewarded with powers that allow her to really fucking bring action. So it's like it's it's it she's her future seems super bright in the in the MCU uh given given what they've what they've done here if anything i think she's going to have to have a like nice long sit down to work out some proper terms of engagement because <laughs> that was a very spur of the moment <laughs> thing and she even said temporary as she's running down that hallway there so i, I feel like we're going to hopefully they're going to have a a moon knight-esque or sorry mr knight-esque uh conversation with towerette to really iron out those details yeah. <laughs> sure. i can see this sure. turning into like with the way like what a great character for so many different people and different, uh, you know, diverse fans out there. And for this not to become some sort of comic book, like I would be so surprised if it's, there's not a, you know, Scarlet Scarab number one in our near future, realistically. be so cool. Yeah. So cool. I mean, it's, I think a lot of people were comparing her to, Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. especially yes. with that costume and oh, what yeah. have you. Just kind of a um, Shira, like yeah, yeah, totally. Very Shira. I I totally agree. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's kind of funny that you bring up Wonder Woman because uh, the director of this episode um, actually went on the record of saying that uh, he disliked how Wonder Woman uh, represented Egyptian culture. It kept it in a very Oriental style, and it didn't seem to embrace any of the modern sort of touches. And mm. the, this, it kept it very primitive uh, versus kind of embracing certain elements. So I think it's funny that you call out the fact that the costume looks like Wonder Woman, especially how hard he 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 shit on that one just for yeah. <laughs> it's, cultural it's inaccuracy. It was just kind of like hold my beer. I can do this better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Sorry. It's also funny that he. He is on record as saying he doesn't like Wonder Woman because I think the costume designer for the Scarlet Scarab said they were inspired by the Wonder Woman comics. Uh, it's just his character from the comics. Like they were inspired by a lot of comic book heroines throughout the ages, and Wonder That's Woman amazing. was on, like the top That's of the amazing. list when they were designing that sure. costume. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very funny that director was like, "No, screw them." But then the <laughs> I was like, "But she looks great." So <laughs> take what you I'll want. Take it. Take what um, you want. Move on. I- <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I think, though, uh, and, and I know we're going to get to discussing it at the end of this breakdown, but were you guys a little bit upset here that they skipped over us seeing, uh, let's just say for now, the, the third personality or third identity? Uh, do, they skipped over him doing his thing. Uh, I was, but then then I wasn't. It all makes yeah. sense for this this pacing. Like They're setting up. More They're setting mystery. something up. Exactly. You want to learn more of this character. Exactly. And I want to learn more of this character. Only because yeah. that was my that was one of my predictions was that it was going to come down to them getting beat up and the third alternate was going to save them, which did happen. We just didn't get to see it. And see I was it. like, I, I wanted to see it so bad. It might have been too much of a what the fuck moment where like people who weren't expecting it, people that weren't you know speculating about it would be like, what the fuck is this? 
Like, you know, like what is, who is this? What is happening right now? So I feel like that's probably why, so that they could, you know, later on throw that in. But two things happened in this that I'd predicted pretty closely that I'm proud of is that, and then that Moon Knight would show up to a massive kind of battle happening. Justin threw it on the pyramids and we, we kind of all wrapped it up in a bow there. (laughs) There you go. I mean, yeah, I feel like, I mean, if, again, coming from the fan of comics and how they have, they've changed a lot of stuff while staying true to a lot of yes. the core aspects of this character. Mm-hmm. And one of the core aspects of the Mr. Knight character is his ruthless brutality, which seems to be embodied by this third personality now, which feels almost not, you know, Disney level MCU. They don't like their heroes being over the top violent and then... That, I think, is what that that hero is. So the aftermath is all we need to understand how vicious he oh, is. Yeah. So I'm totally okay with this mystery of how he fights. Yeah. All we know is that he gets results. <laughs> and who knows if, if, you know, the future bringing Deadpool into the MCU, you know, how bloody could we get if oh, we get to see these two fight side by side? Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Oh, he's the, rated R, he's the rated R Moon Knight that we see. But, right? But we don't see him. Oh, that's interesting. To keep that, them separated. That is a really great way to just eliminate it from Disney, like ver- the more Disney Marvel properties. Like the PG versions right. just don't get to see it. And any R-rated content, which we will see and we will get it, you're going to see they're it. They're definitely leaning up to it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's I think that'd be, so if that's smart. where they're going and saving it, I think it'd be wor- well that. worth that payoff. I dig, I dig that, right? Yeah. I dig that. I wonder if, I wonder if we'll it. see more. We'll see some other characters then show up in that sort of R-rated world, like maybe a Punisher. Oh, let's we'll we'll like, talk, like, we'll, talk oh, we'll talk we'll yeah, talk yeah, we'll yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just going comic <laughs> comic related here. There's the Marvel universe, and then there's the Max universe, which is just R-rated comics. Yeah. And Whoa. I feel like that could be the direction they go with the MCU going forward. Darcy, cool. you've never told me about this Max universe. You're gonna have to. T- oh, I'm gonna have to look Wolverine into that later. Max is amazing. One of my favorite Ooh. comic book series, hands down. Oh, sick. Okay. Now I'm stoked to get back to reading. Uh, but let's keep going here. Layla knows how to end this all. She tells Mark to grab Harrow and the pieces of his scepter, uh, and they, they go back to the Chamber of the Gods, uh, and they place the unconscious and battered Harrow onto a slab of stone. They begin an incantation and manage to suck Amit into Harrow's almost dead body. Conchu uh, tells Mark to finish the job, and Mark believes he has to do this, otherwise he'll never be free. Layla stops him, reminding him that he is free and that he does have a choice. Believing that Conchu now sounds exactly like Amit, Mark lets go of Harrow. If Conchu wants them dead, he'll have to do it himself. Now, Conchu must release Mark and Steven. Sorry. I don't know why I said it that way. He'll have to do it himself. Now now Conchu has to release Mark and Steven. Conchu begrudgingly complies, leaving, uh, causing Mark to glow a, a big bright light out of his chest. And then all of a sudden, Steven is back in Dr. Harrow's office, questioning if this is what reality looks like. He asks the good doctor if he believes that Conchu and Amit are real. Harrow responds, no, he does not, as he gets up and walks back to his chair. Mark's voice poses that they disagree, and they believe in something different. Dr. Harrow deduces that their uh, work here continues. Looking at the floor, Mark notices Harrow's trail of bloody footprints, which leaves the doctor perplexed. Realizing that Harrow doesn't know as much as he leads on, Hmm. Mark and Stephen refuse to accept his diagnosis. Instead, they'd rather go save the world, claiming later's gators. Mark suddenly wakes up in Stephen's apartment, 
and his leg is shackled by his homemade restraints. Uh, the sand around his bed is undisturbed, and Mark calls out to Stephen out loud if he's there, to which Stephen responds that he can't believe it worked. Mark, however, can't believe Stephen lives in this freaking mess of an apartment. Uh, so, guys, what did we think of this final sequence here, seeing the defeat of Harrow both in reality and in Mark's head, uh, and finally seeing both identities sharing one space? Well, I think that it's pretty clear that it wasn't just Mark and Steven in that conversation, but but we got the third personality as well. A 1,000%. That was a different accent. Right. And I think he was basically saying his goodbyes to Harrow and saying that, you know, I'm in control and I'm not going anywhere uh, because wherever Harrow was going after that, uh, you know, mentally, it's he's checked out. Mm. Uh, as we as we will talk about when i saw them in the the office i was like okay this is like this sort of final goodbye they're they're you know saying a fond farewell but it was crazy to hear you know mark steven and just this other personality and and i got to say like, like it was just so apparent based on the demeanor that it wasn't mark or steven oh that's not mark's like, voice in any and his facial expressions his mark the way he says doc was a full new york accent oh i see that i see it you see that that wasn't mark that was that was jake lockley that was our first conversation yeah. with this character that wasn't like small moments like there's chunks there that you can pull out that that's jake lockley right yeah. I, I just feel I, it was like, all three of them because mark was sure. speaking at times too like there was right. all three of them changing uh jake had the smallest part of the three in that uh, conversation and i think because coming from the comic base uh the storyline where mark is in a psych ward was all conscious doing in the end as a way to help heal mark's fractured mind so i feel like that is still the situation going on here where this pure white insane asylum is conscious way of keeping the other identities out of the way while jake or someone else is running the show in the real world mm. so i feel like that's what happened there is the the two got transported to this or shunted to this, you know, mindscape while Jake or Moon Knight, or sorry, Khonshu took their body back to where they needed to be after maybe sealing up some loose ends. Okay. Okay. Before they get to that bed. And then okay. that's where the, their consciousness. So that's how over. they get, that's where, that's how they get back. It's Khonshu's pulling the strings in their mind to be like, you are the only two here. Don't worry. It's just, this is all normal type thing. And we're, we're going to, we're going to talk a little bit more about that and, and Jake, uh, very soon, I just I did want to just quickly jump in and just going back to seeing them in the same apartment. Two fish. I like the fact <laughs> that there's two fish now, yeah. um, and I just I like the fact that they they sort of yeah they managed to to defeat Harrow in both senses in 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 their mind and in in real life, and I think it's the final step to becoming free of him at least. And I I love well almost the final step. And I love how they you know just like in the comic books they can freely talk to each other without having to see each other within within reflections. And and like you said earlier, Justin, they embrace each other so much to the point where they actually invite each other in. You hear you know Mark actually say like Stephen, where are you? Like I I, I need you with me. Yeah. And I I love that man. I think that's so super cool. Yeah, again, you just mentioned the comics. Like in the comics, Stephen is Mark's best friend from the moment he's created. They always interact with each other and play together. So the fact that we finally get to see that come to fruition in the MCU is a huge payoff yeah. right, for Moon Knight fans. Exactly, and it's a huge payoff for for the character because, like, going mm -hmm. from the the point of of not knowing each other and and wanting to ignore each other's uh, status. 
they are now yeah. accepting each other and 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 appreciating one another and and wanting to have one another nearby. There's things that this finale 100% nails that I think ab- above all the messiness it, it it really does hit home some some important yeah. themes as as Nate said. I, I love that that part like it, it shows them taking comfort in having the other with them and in all matters exactly. both when needed and yeah. and when not just to have them there. The uh, I I'm with you though on that that sort of last scene in the in the doctor's office like I I was kind of confused by it like the the conversation that I heard like I only heard um, Stephen's voice and what I assumed was Jake Lockley's voice like I was like yeah, that is too. that is a yeah. New Brooklyn New York accent that is not marked by any means but that was just in my and I I didn't hear anything else but I'm bad at that um, but I didn't understand like so the 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 like why am i bleeding was that just literally to be like oh this is too weird and that was kind of the call out or did i miss something there i think part of it really did come down to like that was that was harrow's um it's feeling in in the in the real life well i think it was harrow's um uh dedication uh and almost the fact that i feel like that was kind of slipping near the end for him where where he started to you maybe not not believe so wholeheartedly in in Amit and and what she was trying to accomplish um and maybe that was part of his fear right maybe that's part of his fear manifesting itself somehow within within See I didn't think that was even Haro at all I was like okay this is Haro but like like Mark and Steve and, and Jake or whoever that might be is recognizing that this isn't real and you're trying to dupe me again and your foot's bleeding and you don't know why and that's so weird that it it kind of sets it off where they go I'm not supposed to be here later skaters it's like, like when you wake yourself up from a dream because it's because so yeah, you weird yeah you you're, yeah. all of a sudden you're lucid okay. because you can real you realize it's you're like oh weird. you know it's a dream yeah yeah yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. It, that was my that was my that's kind of what I'm totally on board with you there and that kind of that whole aspect and thinking was what got me to the point where I was like that must be Conchu's doing like Conchu mm. wants Mark and Stephen to be think they're all done with him everything like Harrow is done this is done we have no more reason to help out Conchu so they in their minds are free of him and I think that was intentional on Conchu's okay. part again we see later on he clearly has more he scripted in, in the whole thing yeah this body yeah. yeah 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 you know you pointed it out that if Conchu's building the confines of the of the insane asylum in this series as a means to protect Mark and Steven so that they're unaware of whatever third altar is running about doing business, mm. maybe that third altar doesn't need the Moon Knight powers just because they are so ruthless. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they don't need the caping of mm-hmm. the powers. It's just that they're imbued with that powers and they're just ruthless. Do you know what I mean? Well, like, but but maybe they do need the the healing factor. I feel like that <laughs> that's, that's, that's real the only Andy thing. But <laughs> yeah, this, that line of work. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But the only the only thing I I feel like is that you don't need he he didn't need I don't think he needs the costume. He doesn't you know need I mean? the suit. No, yeah. I get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, let, let's just get to it, guys. Uh, but before before we do now, just so everyone knows, if you're listening, you've gotten this far. Um, if we haven't already spoiled things for you, there is an end credit scene that I'm ex- so I'm so stoked to talk about. But it, this is your reminder right now. Again, we are full spoilers. If you haven't seen this end credit scene because maybe you just didn't think there was one. Go watch it and then come right back rapido. Um, at, and I'm sorry if I'm butchering this, Sankov- Sankovic's Psychiatric Hospital, uh, a disheveled and sedated Arthur Harrow knocks over a cup of coffee uh, that he perceives as sand, uh, and a hospital attendant signals that it's time for bed. However, as she approaches Harrow, a gloved man tells her in Spanish that he's got him as he begins to wheel Harrow away. 
As they're heading down the hallway, Harrow grows concerned as he begins to notice slumped bodies in the hallway and at the reception area. Harrow is placed inside a long white limo as the driver heads to the front seat. Looking across from him, Harrow spots Conchu in a white formal suit, uh, and he starts laughing that Conchu can't hurt us. Bemused, Conchu reveals that he never wanted Layla as his avatar after they parted ways. Why would he ever need any other avatar when Mark doesn't realize how troubled he truly is? As the limo window divider rolls down, Conchu introduces Harrow to Mark's third alter, Jake Lockley, who shoots him, saying in Spanish, Today is your turn to lose. And then we see the limo with the plates Spectre drive off into the unknown. Guys, what does this mean for Mark and Steven? And what did you think of the reveal, finally, of Jake Lockley? <laughs> uh, Loved it. He's wearing his hat. His little, his yeah, little cowboy, or uh, newsy his hat. Newsy. He's a driver. He's a driver. He's yeah. a driver of, of sorts, right? Uh, so, mm-hmm. you well, know, the cab hints, uh, you know, kind of, obviously it wasn't a cabbie. That's right. I was like, oh, he's going to wheel him to a cabbie. He's going to wheel him to a cabbie. But no, it's like some decked out limo. Because I know Mark Spector in, in in the comics is extremely wealthy and is like a... a Stephen Grant is. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Stephen yeah. Grant. Stephen Grant is the billionaire. Yes. Stephen Grant is the billionaire. You're absolutely right. My apologies. He uh, Mark, Mark Spector is, is the mercenary. But yeah, Stephen Grant has money. But it was just interesting that Spector was, was on, the, on the car. So I don't know if it was like... Maybe here Mark Spector is is wealthy in this in this world. Maybe this Jake version. Lockley. Maybe Jake Lockley is wealthy. I think they took everything out of that whole bunch and they threw them all in a blender and just pulled a few out and gave them to different names of those identities. No, I don't know. I, it'd be interesting to see if Jake Lockley is a billionaire, given his what we have already seen to be a very ruthless personality. What I think they've done though is Mister Knight rode around in a white limo with the license plate Spectre mm-hmm. in the comics. Mm-hmm. That is. And he was the ruthless killer. I think that was just a nod being like, Mr. Knight is still here to some extent. He just doesn't wear a white suit anymore. Yeah. Mm. And so like, this is the payoff to the comic, book character, the comic book fans being like, look, you, you will get more Mr. Knight stories. It'll just be Jake Lockley telling those stories. I saw that well, limo. Speaking that of, limo was in the 2014 run, I think, for sure. Yeah. I just read yeah. the first yeah. issue well, of Speaking that. of the comic books and, and nods to the comic books, fun fact. The look of comic uh, The hospital... Oh yeah, the con- well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> but the hospital at the end is named uh, after Bill uh, Senkovic, uh, who is one of Marvel's first infamous comic book artists and the person who drew the very first issue of Moon Knight. Oh, so I thought that was really, really cool that they managed to throw that name in there. They seem to keep doing that sort of thing throughout these Marvel series. But yes, dude, 100%. The fact that he's in the white suit, he's got his legs crossed just like he does on that page in the comic books. Super yeah, cool. It's it Conchu from the comics that I wanted to see this whole series. We finally yeah. got Mr. Conchu. I, I can't wait for more stories. <laughs> yeah, that, it's, it's Mr. Conchu. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like this was a, a payoff. It also just shows such a sense of control mm. that Conchu has in this situation. Like... Mm-hmm. It seems like he's almost another person with Mark and Steven than he is with Jake Lockley, right? He seems to, it, it seems like Jake Lockley is his hitman, right? And mm. he's, you know, he's, he's like going to roll around in this baller friggin' thing and be like, we're going to yeah. kill that man over there. He knows, you know what I mean? yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he knows the relationship he has with Jake. I, I think this whole sequence is super wicked. And I, I, I wanted to call out again the cup of, of sand. Uh, that Harrow sees the coffee. Um, it's just it's cool because here 
again, it speaks to the idea of of wanting to escape that reality and right. and wanting to escape that situation so bad. He sees he sees his home, right? He sees the sands of Cairo, which I think Harrow would probably consider to be his home. Uh, and he, you know, and then and then you see the black gloves, and you're like, oh, the oh, hat this and guy's the reflection done. was cool. This guy yeah. is done. I don't know if Harrow's seeing home. I think it's more Amit inside Harrow who's seeing home. Uh, there you go. You've got to remember, Amit is trapped True. in that body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the one who's causing to see the sand. She longs to go back to where she can rule. Yeah. I think it's safe to assume then that the events that we saw here are what happened in between uh, the time that he was in the in the hospital talking with Harrow and when um, he wakes back up in his when bed. When he wakes back yeah, up in his bed, right? Hundred so, percent. But I, I do want to just quickly mention. Um, I, I think even though this was such a little look at Jake Lockley, this sequence I think is my favorite end credits moment of the at least the MCU Disney Plus shows. I think out of all of them, this was the most like oh, yeah. badass. I almost expected like you know the music at the end of the Matrix, like Matrix <laughs> One to start playing, <laughs> like like just some like butt rage rock. against the machine. Yeah, rage, rage against, against the machine, the machine yeah. starts yeah. playing as they oh. drive off. Like yeah. I was just like that is so freaking cool. Yeah. Right, like that's what, and like if this was a movie in the '90s, like that's when the credits would start rolling, and it would just be, yeah. dude, it was so good, it was so good. Um, it sets up a lot, though. It totally, and I, I think yeah. the other thing that I wanted to kind of, um, well, hang on, let's let's get to our final sequence, uh, which because I was about to do some predictions here, uh, which is our prediction segment for what we think will be revealed in the future of, I guess, the MCU, uh, and in this case, the future of these characters. Friends, I want to know what the f- Pharaoh is going <laughs> to happen next. Mike, why don't you kick us off for what you think? Oh, man. We're gonna, when, when, when are we going to see oh, all the knights of the moon? I honestly, I, like, I wasn't I, sure. Because in the beginning, I'm like, like I know we're going to see him again. There's no chance you're not going to see Moon Knight again. Um, but in terms of like when, uh, I, I honestly don't know. Can we circle back to me? Because I, I I don't even I yeah. haven't even formulated a prediction from where this goes. Yeah, yeah. Justin, yeah, I, where do you think we're gonna see the Knights of the Moon? Again? I think we're gonna see them sooner than later. I just don't think we're gonna s- see them in anything uh, directly associated with what's going on in the MCU. Uh, mm-hmm. We, I, I feel like what we're we're gonna get a season two that I think will probably explore this character even more because. If anything with this finale that is entirely clear, it's there's more story to tell with Moon Knight yeah. and Layla and th- this this world. I think that there's there's more to tell here that that hasn't been entirely explored yet, especially for how how abrupt the ending felt. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it just feels so abrupt that there it it, it feels purposeful. Um, so I feel like we will get a season two sooner rather a sooner a season two announcement sooner rather than later uh in regards in regards to that i just i don't know where and when we would see this character kind of show up in the mcu uh if it's not like blade or or something like that right Mm -hmm. but i feel like darcy's Darcy's shaking his head here i think he might he might have some ideas well, I mean, the fact that Khonshu, he has said it many times in, in this show, he was the, he's the protectors of the travelers in the night, directly goes, like, clearly vampires, beings who thrive and feast upon people at night, are definitely on his hit list because they're beings who should be dead and aren't staying dead. That is top of his list in the comics he's fought them before. So I wouldn't be surprised if he is on that 
the Dark Avengers mystic side of things mm. with the Blade, sure. the Black Knight, like all these characters that we are being introduced to already or being told are going to have more stories. That's where he's going to fit in is that mystic side, the dark, spooky arts. I don't thing. I don't disagree with any of that. I just feel like before we get to that, we're going to get another season two that's going to help explain this character more because I don't think we're done with this character. Do you feel resolved with Moon Knight? Uh, like I, now that we've now been introduced to, to, to Lockley, like there's just more, I think that that is, is a potential to explore for his character, whether that happens sooner rather than later, I guess, you know, Kevin Feige will make that decision. I, I expected Jake Lockley to show up in this sort of episode and to be fleshed out. Maybe not a ton, not fully fleshed right. out, but to, to sort of like get to a point where you understood that he was there and maybe what he was about. Um, we didn't get that. And so I do feel that there is a lot of unfinished. So I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see Oscar Isaacs until Moon Knight season two. But at the same time, I just can't imagine waiting that long for him to be involved. It, it would be really cool to see him involved in Blade. When What's Blade slated for? Is that this? next year? 2023? 2023. I think yeah. so. I mean, TV Maybe goes quick, so we could get a season yeah. two before MCU. It depends TV does too. It, yeah, right. Like we don't know what's been agreed upon yeah. outside of it. It's like maybe they've already agreed to a season two. It's just figuring out the schedule. And they're oh, just maybe he's like, I want to go do when production eight movies before I come back to do MCU stuff. You know, he's, a, he's maybe. Oh, that's true too. He he could, but he seems really like he loves this character. There's, there's he's really you put an Emmy in his hand, yeah. and and he'll be back to play it real quick. I'm sure. That's yeah, but that's also really sad if that has to happen. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like I, he, it's reality. He, he, so yeah, it's true. It uh, is true. I feel like we'll get Moon Knight again in that in like Blade or something going forward before we maybe explore that Jake Lockley aspect because I feel like that could almost happen in his next appearance is the Mark Steven finding out there is a third one and he is maybe more dangerous than mm-hmm. they've thought about. Yeah. Like, He's more than just this protector who comes into the last second to save them. He's kind of going on doing his own thing that they didn't know about. Yeah, I think so. I think you're totally right, Darcy. I could see. See, I I, I want to agree with you, Justin, because I do want a season two of Moon Knight before we see him in the MCU. Uh, but I kind of feel like we'll see him in the MCU before we get a season two, and I think um, it would be it would be kind of dope to see him show up in like Werewolf by Night, uh, which is the well, upcoming that's without, special. That's um, without a doubt. That's I, I think that goes without saying. That character is he is if he's going to show up. Yeah, if he's going to show up as as maybe Moon Knight, it's going to probably be there. Obviously. I never even right. heard of this Werewolf by Night. What is this? Yeah, Michael Giacchino directing yeah. Werewolf by Night Halloween special. That was the uh, original is... introduction to to his character. Was uh, it? Correct. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, cool. it was the original so, yeah. introduction to Moon Knight. So it it's mm-hmm. it's it's, it's going to be a, a special. So has like, to happen. correct me if I'm wrong. He was happen. in Secret Invasion as well, though, was he not? in the comic mm-hmm. run. So like, oh, yeah. that's not that far away, isn't it? Secret Invasion. Right. Secret, again. Secret War is coming, right? Or Secret, is it... Secret War. That's the newer st- story and he wasn't so much involved no, no. in Secret War. Uh, Secret okay, War okay. is about the war between the different universes, essentially. Uh, oh, no, not... you're right. So Secret, Invasion. Where we... Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion coming, is coming. Coming, yeah. It's a mini series that's coming uh, with uh, Amelia Clark. But it's supposed to deal with more of the scrolls. So that's the scroll invasion. Yeah, yeah the Moon Knight was involved in the original comic run of that too. But I'm not sure yeah. with the character they've built this this time he'll be involved much. Right. But that. we could we could see him yeah. show up in in Blade. I think I think they are working towards uh, the Midnight Suns. Mm. And I I just I would love to see a season two of this show 
of of Mark and Steven, you know, they could they could pad out a couple of, or one or two episodes of getting to just see them live their everyday life together and they're so happy, but then maybe one of them wants to try dating cuz maybe they're not with Layla anymore and we get to actually see a date of both of them go on this date and try to explain the situation <laughs> to to some poor woman. Um and I I also think that them tying themselves up at the end, you're absolutely right, uh Darcy, that's Jake um, I think that they're trying to figure out what's going on with them. Why would, why would at the end of this, why would the two of them, if they're happy together, start tying themselves up? It doesn't make any sense. They're working yeah. together. They're not going to, they're not going to be apart when they wake up. Oh. It's both of them waking up. So they're not, that's Jake right, so, tying them so, that tying so it's Jake. No, it's, well, it's either it's Jake Mark tying them Steven. up or it's Mark and Steven knowing, Hey, there's a third person in us. And we need to tie ourselves up to try and figure out what's going on. So I think as far as a season two is concerned, I would love it to see them focusing on figuring that out while dealing with Bushman. I think if Bushman made a comeback, I think it would be super cool to see if like, because he's him, him, they never really talk about what happened to him. I think that's your that's your that's Joker your villain. level yeah, for sure. villain for Mark going forward. Um, I think would be really really cool, and I think there would just be there could there's I think there's more to that moment with Layla's dad dying uh, than, than we we've know. Been, yeah, exactly. We've been given it 100%. could be it could it could totally be what uh, Mike was predicting, where it's like he is shady. He was a bad guy. Maybe he was doing some shady business that actually got him killed and well mark also says like you don't know the whole story like they're they're Mm -hmm. he might know that her dad was and doesn't want to like doesn't want to tell her doesn't want to taint her perception that's a good call yeah 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 i don't know i still feel like he was a good guy that whole land of reeds thing goes a long way yeah the fact that he got into the land of reeds and and tolerate point spoke so fondly of him yeah i don't think that she would do that about some guy who is trying to resurrect Ahmet or you know, <laughs> yeah. go about those lines, something like something involved with these in like affecting Egyptian deities. It doesn't seem right. like nope. something that would float their boats and be like, yep, yeah, you know, you can still come through to land of reeds. We're all good there. And I think she, uh, sorry to interrupt. I think she would be really proud of him because her, his whole thing. And I think Layla's whole thing, according to this, this series is that they, they, they're almost like the Robin hoods of Egyptian, um, you know, uh, uh, items, right? Of 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 mm-hmm. Egyptian, like important things to to mm-hmm. Egyptian. Antiques. So they to antiques, right? So they 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 take these things from museums and they try to put them back in their original positions, mm-hmm. right? They they t- they steal these things from from rich assholes and try to like instead of it being a showpiece in your in your mansion, it's gonna go back to give the, it back the, to the people, the, yeah, the, the god that yeah, needs yeah. it or the people that that need it. Yeah. So, um, I think that that if anything, I think to where it would have been super proud of. Of of uh, of sure, maybe, sure. maybe uh, we don't maybe. get a Moon Knight season two. Maybe we get a Scarlet Scarab. Scarlet be yeah, that'd be oh, that'd be a cool way go. to follow up the story. And then you know yeah. Moon Knight's in it, word. and then we get a bit more right. of him as well. Yeah. It's almost they go the it's almost they go the Echo. I think we were predicting that for the Echo series, right? Well, that's well, that's kind of that's what they've said about Echo is that it would very mm-hmm. much continue Hawkeye. Yeah. Like that is the Hawkeye season yeah. two, right? That that what people would want, but. Oh, I no, can already I, see the logo for Scarlet Scarab oh, right now. Be, Let's go! Come be, on, that would I would be oh, I would be totally fine with that because yeah. you know she was again the, one of the highlights from this episode. So big time. Yeah. Sorry, you mentioned Echo when we're talking about Moon Knight. That just makes me think of one of my favorite Moon Knight runs where he has superheroes, his identities in his head, and at the end of that run, yeah. Echo, who dies during his campaign of vengeance. 
becomes the sole remaining identity in his head. So really, doesn't so doesn't he become means, Captain America that way? Cap- Captain America, Wolverine, and Spider Man. Okay, okay, okay. okay yeah. <laughs> I want to read that one. Such a good, <laughs> such a good storyline, dude. You'll, for- so you'll forget. Storyline. You'll forget. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's, yeah. We'll see. <laughs> um, all right. Well, listen. I think it's about time that we give our overall impressions of this finale uh and uh and we're also going to give our our final score um which will be on a scale of one to five jake lockley's uh and then i would love to know your overall score for this series uh and your rating which will be on uh out of five scales of justice mike as our lovely lovely guest i'm gonna get you to go first again your rating one to five uh jake lockley's for the episode and one to five scales of justice for the series Okay, uh, so the on the episode itself, um, lovely moments, as Nate's brought up over and over again. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed all the lovely moments. It's It brought together, officially, like, cemented in Mark and Steve as being, like, or Steven, as being, like, just... They're they're working together. They're they're emotionally together, and I love that. So that was that was really, really great. The introduction of the 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 new MCU's Scarlet uh, Scarab was just badass, and like I I wasn't that was the definitely as Justin said the fist bump part of the the episode, so I really really loved that, and uh, there was some clunkiness and a bit of confusion in the beginning and near the end, but everything in between was pretty great. Um, so it was kind of like a reverse shit sandwich where. You know what? I'm willing to forgive the sort of like sloppy intro and like the kind of biff the ending, but 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 was really great altogether. Um, there was I had some questions, and I don't want to bring up a huge debate. And this was a question yeah. I couldn't really fit in here, and I didn't aware, but I didn't understand why we can see some gods and then we don't see other gods. Like there, we only saw Khonshu and and Amit, and like. Yeah, I don't know. It's probably a CG budget thing, but like realistically, like I just didn't understand why we, the other gods were there and they were ready to fight, but they just got blasted. And then they're, uh, they're, yeah. you know, like, yeah, they cut, they cut from that moment and cut away. And immediately I was just like, Oh, uh, budget budget. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Darcy's got an answer that makes more sense than well, me just being upset about I it. I mean, going back, going back to our first introduction to the, the panel of gods that we saw judging Mark, uh, in Conchu, they, Conchu says they're too comfortable in the overvoid. The, the, the gods aren't on Earth at all. They okay. just have their little telephone line to their avatars, basically. Okay. Whereas Conchu right. and Ahmet are physically on Earth trying to affect the things. So they have come from their oh. other planes okay. so they, they, our they, existence. They loosely explain that, so I'll accept that. That's a, that's a yeah. great answer. I appreciate oh, yeah. that. Um, <laughs> yeah, like a, just one of those lines kind of goes over my head, and I'm, I'm like immediately like all fire, like, what the hell? Where's that's, all the other yeah, gods? That makes sense, yeah. You know, like where was to wear it? She was. She never showed up and didn't really. I don't know. She was just embodying. So I guess that's the way a temporary uh, bond. Yeah, works. she was sending a lifeline. She was yeah. like sending a lifeline. Yeah, it's not was, like the full. Because maybe she's moving right? to those dead. Exactly. She. Yeah. Cause she's not. She's not <laughs> able to. She's not able to represent herself in the physical form. Yeah. Like Honshu and I'm, I've been able to do on on this plane. Yeah. She's still got a job to do, you know. So that's she's still <laughs> driving the boat, right? She's got to surf them waves. Um, so th- with all those things said, I think as a finale, it wrapped up. It was a little maybe because we had so much speculation, a little predictable, but had a couple wow moments. And I'm gonna have to say, including the after credit scene, I'm I'm sitting at a a, a good four Jake Lockleys out of five. 
the 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 whole series as a, like fully uh, i'm on board loki's my favorite mcu show out of all of them uh for my for my personal tastes and this one is probably on par with that and i'm gonna have to say like i i enjoyed it all the from the the production to the acting especially the acting like the those two sort of main stars and uh for the heroes and then um as the villain as well i I, they they were just great the voice acting was great as well yeah i i'm probably given the whole the whole show uh an an easy 4.5 a 4.5 scales of justice judgment justice Justice. No, it's just justice. Yeah, you're good. Scales yeah. of Justin. I'm keeping that. <laughs> Scales of Justin. Justin. Yeah. Oh, that's Justin. what he wants. Oh, yeah. Really. Uh, Darcy, how about yourself? Uh, I don't know if it's come across throughout this whole uh, podcast, but I'm a huge fan of Moon Knight. I have read, I think, all his ongoing series. So to finally see him get a really good story told on this screen, I loved it. Uh, for the episode. Uh, again, we've brought up some of the, the clunky parts, and again, me being the guy who rewatches stuff and picks up the smallest notes, I found it was a bit easier to put it together. Uh, but like you said, that middle, the, the action scenes in this thing were excellent. I loved the reveal of Scarlet Scarab, the the resolution of Stephen and Mark's relationship. So many things were done so well, as well as that reveal at the end of Jake Lockley, leaving me wanting more. Definitely uh, an easy 4.5 out of 5 Jake Lockleys for me for the episode. Uh, And again, as a series as a whole, this was, again, I loved it. 4.8 out of 5 Scales of Justice. Um, There is, Marvel can do better, but they're going to have to try really hard in my book. Justin, are you all for this episode? I am all for this episode. I think after (laughs) watching the finale uh, twice, it's, it's clear that... That after all the character work that the rest of the episodes did uh, up to this finale, everything that happened felt earned and, and very, like, fulfilled. You know, we got full balls off the walls, nuts action with spectacle. Mm. Um, uh, the, the lack of action throughout the series felt purposeful to give more weight to the focus of the characters of, of Mark and Steven. But this finale delivers showing us... You know, these two coming together, the way they move back and forth between Moon Knight and Mr. Knight, it just felt very stylish and, you know, felt fun. Again, just just earned yeah. over the course of the six episodes. You know, seeing Layla take up the mantle uh, of, of the Scarlet Scarab was was great. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people on the Internet were, were hoping this to be the case. And it was a sweet payoff to her character after spending so much time with her as well and really seeing her come to to be a hero she's mm-hmm. she's gonna be a hero her future is bright in in the mcu um you know sh- seeing kaiju style as as nate mentioned <laughs> uh gods was was very very thrilling and, and kind of the the sort of um spectacle that this series needed and i'm glad that it was here and it wasn't like really heavy-handed that throughout. scene when they're in the background and you see harrow uh, coming over oh that, that, <laughs> I, both times i watched it guys when i watched the episode i just couldn't believe how amazing that scene was i just was like oh that's badass so great yeah like the gods were mirroring the, the avatars perfectly yeah, so the back good. and forth i loved yeah. it yeah and it's obviously very clear that no one else can see that you know, just the just just those who are in the know, if you will, mm. uh, those are, who have been touched by the gods. Exactly, can, ah, can see yeah. that. So I, it all makes sense. It all makes sense. Like you know, it's not MCU disaster level event that's actually happening. It's spiritually happening. Right? Yeah. So it's it's kind of it's interesting. So, 
But, you know, again, I think it was mentioned already, you, you know, many of these MCU finales can feel rushed. You know, this finale does definitely feel like that. It's a little messy off the top. But however, I, I would argue, though, that in, in some ways, this is one of the most successful finales of the MCU series. Uh, the finale closed out what it needed to in its first season. The pending threat that had been the focus of the series was dealt with. The relationship between Mark and Steven, most importantly, has been now unified as one. And while not everything has was was resolved, I think there's some exciting parts uh, of the finale that really do get you thinking what is mm. next, like gets you excited for what's next. And of course we talked about it, but the most exciting part is is that Stingers being left with the idea that Jake Lockley is the third alternate mm -hmm. and Conchu seems very much in control. And he kind of seems like he might be the ultimate bad guy in this whole situation. Um, and 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 he wanted Jake Lockley, not Layla, which I think is, which is really, really interesting. You called, you actually did, I think you did call out Justin at some yeah. point that yeah, he was after. Sorry, I just want to. I want to give you a point there because I'm pretty oh, sure thanks. you did. Actually oh, thanks. I did say. Call I say. Yeah. What if? Yeah. What if Conchu wasn't out for Mark or Steven? He was out for this right. alternate. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that is one of the things I did nail uh, of of anything. But <laughs> agreed. Um, but again, I, I just think that this 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 stinger does set up what is the next adventure for Mark and Steven, more importantly than just Moon Knight, is discovering this third alternate and how to deal with that. And I think that's that's what it is. So there's there's clearly things that have been left unresolved purposely. And I think that we'll be getting an announcement for a season two sooner rather than later, because there is more story that is is that needs to be told here with this character. But yeah, I, I'm gonna give this uh, episode a four out of five Jake Lockleys. Now, as for the series, uh, well, I, I loved it. From its rich cultural influences to the sort of surreal, mind-bending reality, talking about spirituality and, and connection to to gods and, and religion in, in some way, you know, th th this had a lot going for it. You know, outstanding performances. Ethan Hawke was weird and creepy uh, as the villain. And, and, you know, he does get his hands dirty in the finale, finally. He says, get his, you know, starts doing some action. And again, I can't say enough about Mae Callumaway. Like, she's just flawless, like such a highlight. I'm very excited to see more of her in the MCU. And then fucking Oscar killed it he did such a great job differentiating mark steven and jake mm. playing those characters so different and and every moment had you guessing who you know when did you see jake lockley when did you see mark yeah and it's just it's really it was really nice that all of these personas just felt so different from each other but i think the biggest reason why i i like this series so much is that it, it's it feels so removed from the mcu uh it, and that feels purposeful as a means to kind of build not just this world of Egyptian mythology in the MCU, but I think really more importantly, Moon Knight's character from the ground up. Uh, I, you know, it, it's, it, it feels like it's, we know it's in the universe, but that's not part of the plot. That's not part of the story, like like everything else that we get from, from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? So it, it has its own terms. And with the narrative that feels really like more about an internal struggle, uh, that, you know, this, this, this is sort of a, a new, new character to explore. Uh, with similar sort of uh, facets of what we've already explored in the MCU. Mm. Uh, but I think you guys were mentioning it too. Like, Darcy, you know, in the comics, it, it, 
writers and artists are taking different approaches to to the character of Moon Knight as each iteration comes. And it feels like here in this series, the MCU did that. They looked back at those comics, they looked at back what they wanted, and they, they took the best parts and, and, as Mike said, put it in a blender and took it out and applied it to different people. And mm-hmm. I think that's what's really refreshing about the approach to Moon Knight is is how they're really moving towards uh, just just trying to tell the story differently so that a comic book fan like yourself, Darcy, could be guessing, like, what are they going to do? How is this mm-hmm. going to tie in? Well, it's right? something so we I, haven't I really fully loved. touched on, too, and that, that what you're yeah. saying reminded me, too. Um, and we touched on it in the previous episodes, but the, oh, as a whole, the this whole series has really touched on that whole, like, abuse and trauma and mental health exactly. state. And I just, I, I really wanted to throw that in here at the end because that's something that, it can be a fan like you anyone can be a fan of that because it's such an emotional story uh with the backdrop yep. of of being a cool yep. superhero story and, you know like it, it's like it's just such a great call out that i wanted to bring in and I, and i love the idea of how you know um we were talking about it in, in the sense of you know it, it it could be overly clinical you need to resolve your problems you need to get over them mm-hmm. no you need to accept them and become one with them and and that seems very representative in in mark and steven's character and how they have to come together and i, I that was a great call out darcy so i i really loved th- this series a, a few missteps along the way uh but you gotta love a series that knows what it wants to say and commits to its themes and continues that throughout the series to a fulfilling and and, and earned closure and yeah, they, leaving you wanting more. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm very excited. So yeah, I, I loved it. I'm giving it a 4.5 out of 5 scales of justice. <laughs> um, for myself, I mean, you guys have already said a lot of it. I, I think overall I enjoyed this episode. Um, episode 5 was so nuanced and thought-provoking and deep that this finale, um, while it still had moments of that, it really had the freedom to become a fun romping action-packed cgi god kaiju battle right um and so again there were lovely moments a lot of lovely moments just lovely lovely. it was so so lovely (laughs) lovely episode um and and i had a lot of fun with it i think it it was definitely messy and it didn't really blow me away with any of its resolutions um the way that the series has blown my mind in the past i think with the maybe the exception of that fist pump moment of getting the surprise of of scarlet scarab and seeing her in the in the costume um Mm. i still have so many questions and i i feel like they that for me personally um as much as justin you might have just disagreed on this i think they i think they they did fail to give me enough answers to leave me satisfied uh in a satisfied place with the show but the performances and the get hype moments kept me engaged the entire time uh and the end credit sequence was so wicked and so dark um (laughs) i can't wait to see these characters again in the mcu um, and while this episode wasn't my favorite in the series, it certainly wasn't anywhere near its worst. Um, so I'm giving this episode four out of five Jake Lockleys. As for the series, um, I think, you know, the show was pretty consistently good with a maybe a big dip in the middle, um, but brought it back. Like, Mike, you were saying the episode kind of felt like a shit Sand or a reverse shit sandwich. This <laughs> I think the series kind of did too with episode three, and then bringing us right back to that hype with episode four. Um, it does what these MCU shows have been doing since WandaVision, right? Taking these characters, getting people super excited about them, um, and so connected to them, even though they might be considered obscure from the comic books or just characters that really haven't 
you know, shone too brightly in the MCU movies. Um, so I, I, I really dug that about it. Of course, it does continue the theme of what everyone's saying is the theme of phase four, which is, um, you know, trauma. Um, but I think the show does so much for Justin, like you said, cultural representation. But it also greatly expands. Well, it stays away from the MCU. It expands the MCU at the same time on the spiritual sure. side. Um, sure. And so I think, you know, let's also talk about the incredible music. Composer Hashim Nasi uh, mm-hmm. did an amazing love job. It. And I love a good soundtrack. I mean, mm-hmm. again, the pinnacle of, of television for me, and I'm going to mention twice in this final wrap up here, is Lost. Um, and Lost always had such great you know, songs that I would literally create a playlist for. And I've, I've looked and started downloading all the music from each episode uh, of Moon Knight. So I really, really dug that. I think um, the performances, like we called out Layla's character from Mae Calumway, um, a terrifying performance from Ethan Hawke and Oscar Isaac better get an Emmy or else I'm going to go all Jake Lockley on whoever decides that. Um, the the show... Uh, oh, there, Mike is showing me there is actually a soundtrack available, so go download that on Apple Music or Spotify. Um, the show had so many highs in its second act, I just don't think we needed three episodes to get to the twist, and I think it would have been really nice if that happened a little earlier in the show overall. Um, I think it would have allowed us to get a, a finale that didn't feel rushed, and it could have given us a little more time to... you know, A little more insight as to where these characters are going as well as maybe bringing in Jake a little earlier to, to satiate my Amit level of greediness. <laughs> um, and I just, I feel like the, 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 you know, if there's a gif out there of Amit sucking up all the souls, that's me with this, uh, with these Marvel shows. I just Insatiable want more. Insatiable thirst. Um, yeah. I'm just, mm, I'm I, with you. It all, I wanted but... it, but I understand why they didn't do it. Like it, it totally. made sense, um, but I wanted it all in all the, the show, the series was, Fantastic. I enjoyed it week to week. The speculation and again, the lost levels of clues left by the writers. Mm. Like I'm even excited to go back and just kind of pick apart and find all the little details, all the little things that were in the fish tank that ended up being, uh, you know, in this finale. Um, I'm giving Marvel's Moon Knight 4.5 out of 5 scales of justice. As Jake Lockley might say, uh, este watch club ha terminado. Uh, Spanish for <laughs> the watch club is over, I think. Uh, but before we wrap I things think. up, Mike, <laughs> tell people how they can keep up with your lovely face. Uh, yeah, you can follow my podcast. I'm Mike Smith, one word on Instagram. If you want to see my daily life, that's nothing special. Uh, I got a podcast called Dumpster Talk, um, and currently we're trying to bring that back, but my idiot co-host is down in Texas becoming a firefighter, uh, doing military (laughs) firefighter training, which I feel like that's going to lead to some great stories. So when he gets back, we'll be, uh, we'll be throwing that on the, on the, all the different podcast streamers to find out how terrible or amazing that was. And maybe uh, he'll go a a wall in a fugue state. Yeah, he may never know. (laughs) He might just I don't know. I don't know what his plan is there. But uh, we tried to get together beforehand to find out his expectations. Weren't able to get together to do it because he uh, he had to take off. But we'll definitely do a recap when he gets back and find out how how amazing that was. But just uh, a big, big chit chat show. Uh, Usually ramble on for about an hour to two hours and uh, tell a lot of stories, talk a lot of junk. Pop culture, everything to uh, everything under the sun. It's called dumpster talk. You're for selling, a reason. You're, you're selling it. You're selling it so short, Mike. I'm telling. Yeah, that's you. why I hire you it's, as my hype man, Nate. You're always my <laughs> hype man for everything I do. Listen, 
it is so much it is it is honestly it's a lot of fun i laugh in my car every time i listen to them chatting about just the most random stories (laughs) it's just like those it's those stories that you hear from a buddy of yours where you're like this can't be real but but it is right and and (laughs) it comes from these these insane moments uh between the two of them or when they've traveled uh to to different parts of the world even yeah Um, i really like the grease episode a lot um (laughs) but uh but yeah and then you know i think We'll have the links for all that stuff in the show notes, so go subscribe. I think uh, maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe you'll hear one of us gabbing on about uh, nothing with them wearing a Most Dumpster definitely. Talk t-shirt Most definitely. in the future. Yeah. By the way, if you want a Dumpster Talk t-shirt, maybe they'll make them in the future. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> Darcy, is there anything you want to promote? Uh, nope. I mean, I'm usually popping up here now and then. I'm sure they'll hear my voice again for Obi-Wan or potentially even recounting our our journey to Star Wars Celebration at the end of the month. Ah. So I'm sure they'll the the lovelies will hear my voice again. I'm super stoked for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, well that is <laughs> that is it for this week's episode of Watch Club, uh, and that's it for this Watch Club for Marvel's Moon Knight. That Woo! is that is it for for this one. We hope you enjoyed it, uh, and if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts if you haven't already. Uh, and if you want to write into the show with your thoughts or predictions on the shows we cover in Watch Club, well, let me seamlessly hand over control to my personal deity, Justin, the Egyptian Jackal, to tell you how you can reach us. Oh, well, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com or on Twitter at geekcentricyt or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. It'll be in the show notes. I'm super glad you didn't have just a random different accent there just now, Justin. I would have gotten really freaked out. I would have gotten go. really scared. You didn't want to go uh, to New York cabbie? Yeah, I'd have to tie our legs down to the bed. <laughs> um, keep in mind, we also have a ton of other episodes covering the latest and greatest shows out now uh, and movies, uh, including our spoiler-filled and spoiler-free reviews for Ozark Season 4 Part 2. Also, I am stoked to let you know that you can listen to our spoiler-free review of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. We will have a spoiler-filled review for multi uh, sorry Multiverse of Madness coming up soon. And... I'm just over the moon, if you will, uh, very proud of of Kevin and Justin, who uh, put out a very special episode uh, where they had none other than director Sam Raimi and writer of Loki, Rick and Morty, and Multiverse of Madness, Michael Waldron, join us on the podcast. Uh, and they did such a wonderful inter- interview where we we learned some very interesting facts about uh, about their their pastimes and and what they like to do to relax. <laughs> so uh, you have to check out that interview. And then, of course, once you've watched the movie, you got to check out our our reviews, uh, both spoiler free and filled. Um, plus, we have our weekly This Week in Geek episodes where we break down the latest trailers and news every single Wednesday. Uh, and lastly, you know, while I'm saddened to to say that another Watch Club has ended. I'm delighted to say hello there and to let you know that our next watch club for (laughs) Obi-Wan Kenobi will be starting May 27th. So dust off your sand binoculars and and watch a kid grow up. Uh, (laughs) That sounded weird. (laughs) Grow your facial hair out um, because Geek Centric will never stop to bring you the latest and greatest in geeky conversation. Mike and Darcy, I know, know we are going long here, but that trailer for Obi-Wan... Uh, what did you think, really quick? Well, I maybe have indulged too much and missed the fact that it came out, so I have not seen it yet. Oh, but I'm sure okay. it's good. It's great, Mike. Yeah. What about yourself? Uh, yeah, I I crushed it on my phone real quick before uh, we recorded this, in case you asked. And it just has such. 
I know everything Star Wars has Star Wars vibes, but this is like Star Wars <laughs> vibes. Like it is like take you back. Um, I'm I'm excited to see it. Uh, I, I'm a, I'd say a, a seven out of ten Star Wars fan, so I enjoy it, but I don't mm-hmm. get too too deep. And uh, that's going to be a real fun ride, I'm sure. I'll be listening to the Watch Club. Very cool. Uh, well, Mike, Darcy, Justin, thank you so much for joining me for this Watch Club. And as we say for one, maybe one last time. Mm. Latest Gators. Gators.